Hello everyone, welcome back to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. We are at episode 71 today, right as uh, as we're coming off of a couple of movies that we just saw. Yeah, within the last few weeks. show that we just finished. Yes. And some news that we need to catch up on. Totally newsworthy stuff coming through. We have a lot to talk about today. We do. This is, I feel like I say this almost every time. Then Not it's a packed episode? Well, this is what happens when we don't record for a while. I know. Good well, to be back on with you. Yeah. Thanks for this listening. This is not a weekly podcast. For those who wish it was, we appreciate your support. But We wish it we was too, but yeah, yeah, we, you know, we do wish it yeah. was. Um, otherwise, though, when we do meet, it's really nice that we have a real full docket it's of things quality, to discuss. It's quality, not quantity. Yeah. And I got to say, we, this is probably the manliest recording we're going to be doing. I mean... Because we're in my garage right now. Yeah, uh, recording on a tool bench. But I just love the fact that anywhere we go in your place, a.k.a. our recording studio, um, there's like within five feet a reminder of your love of geek culture. We got homemade posters of an Atardis, uh, basically Fathead, and yeah. Aperture yeah. Science. I've got and- a life-size Tardis cutout. Yeah. I've got um, an Aperture Laboratories poster I made, uh, kind of a Japanese Sonic poster I made. Which is very cool. Uh, I love the the, the, uh, the Back to the Future and Empire Strike Back um, yeah. photoshopped yeah. version of... I have a couple of posters where a friend of mine photoshopped our faces on... That's me as Han and a friend of mine as And then Leia. there's a Han Solo blaster that you used for that same exact costume that you were that's, photoshopped into. I love this. I mean, yeah. this is going to be good vibes coming into this recording. We're just surrounded by the stuff we love. And a bunch of weights because that, I also have some workout gear in here, so... Well, you need something to There's, collect dust. That's pretty manly. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we've got tools. We've got testosterone. We've got testicles. We've got Muscles. all the teas. Well, and we have ciders, which hard is, ciders is like a beer. Cheered up. Except yep. kind of wussier. Yeah, exactly. Because I still got to drive home. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so what? We have a lot to get into. Yeah, where should we start? Well, I think we should start with our fake sponsors. I think we should too, because without them, this episode, like every other episode, wouldn't be possible. Yeah. So we've got the RFWBB it's back. lineup yeah. coming back with some brand new shows. Mm-hmm. So please give our fake sponsor a listen. Please do. Let's face it, summertime, not the best time for network TV. That's why the RFWBB network is back with an all new summer lineup. Things are really heating up with shows like Who's Horny for Sigourney Weaver's Beaver? You've never seen a dating show like this. Legendary Hollywood actress Sigourney Weaver is really horny and looking for love. Now she is turning to network television to find it. Twelve of her biggest fans will be competing for her love and more importantly, her beaver. Because once you get Sigourney Weaver's Beaver, you'll never leave her. It's Who's Horny for Sigourney Weaver's Beaver? Followed by an animated classic that's brought back for the 21st century. Remember the lovable Care Bears? Well, it's been 33 years and they're back. Say hello to Medicare Bears. This time, follow the Care Bears as they're retired in an assisted living facility, riding out life's clock. See how they spend their golden years. Say hello to Medicare Bears. And yes, they still do the Care Bear stare. But this time, it's for hours on end, out a window, waiting for their family. Aww. Then, on a must-see on-call oncologist, Brian is faced with a heart-wrenching dilemma. Lose his patient, or lose the love of his life. 
Babe, I'm so glad you finally took the day off work. This weekend is going to be perfect. I, I know I haven't been there for you lately. It's just that I've been super busy with work and everything, but I promise, I promise you, it's just you and me this weekend. What the hell, Brian? You said no work this time. You promise. I know, I know, but you know who I am. I'm an on-call oncologist. And these people need my help. They have cancer, Michelle. They're losing their lives. Yeah? Well, you're losing me! And finally, it's Undercovers Boss, a hidden camera show in which we follow bosses of huge corporations going under the covers with their employees. Alright, let's talk about your promotion now. So chase away those summertime blues. Check out the all-new shows on the RFWBB Summer Lineup. Go to RFWBB.com to check out your local stations. Or if you're as old as the Medicare Bears, check out the TV guide sitting on your coffee table. Followed by the 11 o'clock news. Biggest landing here since we've talked to you guys last in the geek culture scape is Captain Marvel. And we saw it last weekend, opening weekend, so did a lot of America, obviously. It's actually making quite a bit of money. They were comparing it to uh, The Last Guardians, which, or not The Last Guardians, The Last Guardians <laughs> Last of the Galaxy of the movie. Of, yes. Uh, that made, uh, I think it was $200 million, uh, in like nine days, and this one made it in eight days or something. Yeah, so they're film. like, hey, as far as a movie goes, an opening movie, this one is doing very well. Yeah, and we were a part of that, how much ever millions yeah. of dollars it's been now, and we are going to get full on into that with spoilers. We're going to talk about some other, well, one other movie that we saw the weekend before, which is, I think, still worth a mention. No need to get yeah, like, too specific. Yeah, we won't go too deep into it. But we saw the last, so they say, of the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Uh, this we actually called the, the Lost World, The Hidden no, World? The, the Hidden World, world yes. Uh, should it have stayed hidden? We'll discuss. <laughs> so that one will be a non-spoiler review. Yeah, no re- need so to we, get into you it. Know, we won't get into the spoilers of that one. So if you haven't seen it, no worries. You can still give it a listen. Yep. We won't spoil anything for you. And then two shows on Netflix that we've been following up with. One we'll get into next time just because we're running out of time today. That being Umbrella Academy. But kind of, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say like much behind. But what's the nice word for saying something's tardy? Belated. Belatedly. Months later, we're getting into oh, I was Punisher. Like, what do you get? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, just shut up. Say so, what you need so to say. So, yeah. Punisher has been out for quite a while. Yeah, and we've finally now just got to a point where we're both finished and we can both talk about it. So, yeah. just give some kind of spoiler-free thoughts on it. So, you to know. recap, Captain Marvel. It's going to be kind of a little bit of a longer one, like our full spoiler review. Mm-hmm. Um, so, warning on that if you haven't seen it. But when it comes to How to Train Your Dragon three and Punisher season two, we're going to just kind of gloss over. Just kind of gloss over it. Give thoughts without no specifics. On that. Uh, and then if time allows, so hurry the hell up, uh, we're also going to talk about Game of Thrones and the upcoming final season. Yeah, we're both You just, just having rewatched this the series yep. to this point. Awesome. And and now, well, see, and this is this is why I was able to finish Punisher is because I was kind of watching it slowly, but Game of Thrones was always taking yeah. up my time. And Front now, and center. Uh, now I finished Game of Thrones, so I was able to finish Punisher. I'm also really close to finishing Umbrella Academy, which we can talk about next week. There it is. I'm not quite done yet. So let's cue the movie music. Captain Marvel, the last movie going into Endgame. 
not the high note I would have hoped for. Not a bad movie. We'll start big and yeah, then just deduce. Like, just go some but overview. not a great movie. Just I think it's in the if you were to like kind of rank them, you know, since Marvel uh, two thousand eight. I put it in like that bottom third echelon with like with like Thor, Thor the Dark World, yeah. Iron Man three for me personally. Yep. It was just like it was it was fine, but very forgettable ultimately. Yeah. Not well, your thoughts. No, I'm I'm totally with you. The word that comes to my mind when I think of this movie, it's not bad, it's not good, but it's bland. Bl- very bland. And I think yeah. that we have come to like see if this was a DC movie, we'd be walking out going not bad, not DC. Bad, yeah. Like you didn't screw it up this time. But for Marvel but standards, for Marvel, yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's sort of unfair to say this, but Marvel has made such amazing movies that we do hold them to a different standard than we do any other comic well, book if, movie. By anything, they're victims of their own success. Right. And so when you have a movie that is good, like just kind of kind of good and not great, it makes people like you and me go. Uh, I just don't, I don't know what to think about that. I just left wanting more. Um, It feels to me for different reasons, how I got there, but still a similar feeling, how I left um, the theater after seeing Black Panther. Like it was good, but I wanted more. Really? Yeah. I totally share that same sentiment. I I do think that Black Panther was significantly better. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But that same sort of feeling where you're like, I feel like there was potential and there could have been, so much more to it this could have been better written better directed better acted the the pacing was off for me too yeah the pacing was a little bit off the action scenes were not anything to write home about and very few in number yeah Yeah. so uh now let's let's dive into the little bit deeper stuff because what you just said kind of made me think about something that a friend of ours said when we went and saw the movie Mm -hmm. which is he's like you know i really wish they would have spent a little bit more time with the characters and a little bit more on character development. And in my head, I was thinking, really, because I'm the opposite, where I think they should have spent more time with some action sequences because I felt like it was lacking there as well. And then when I kind of reflect back, I'm like, that's oh, both. Both, yeah. It didn't, ha- it was like, and it was an over two hour movie. So it wasn't like they didn't have the time. I just don't think they did either well. It wasn't well utilized. Yeah. yeah with the time they had. The, 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 times where we get to meet the characters and learn about the characters we never felt for the characters right we we never got invested into uh carol danvers's backstory was she a victim what was she was she an experiment was she a a destined hero was she all the above yeah i I didn't get a sense of what like what her her hero's path was and i feel like if they would have just taken us to see her story from the beginning as a human being and then have gone through her story. Yeah. It would have been a little bit more of the it, we would have seen the hero's journey. You're right. But instead, because everything was a flashback and I think that was done because they wanted that twist that we get in the movie which we can talk about later mm-hmm. of who the bad guy really is, which was kind of telegraphed even from the trailers, quite honestly. It, it was, yeah. Yeah. But they think they wanted that twist in there. And so instead of walking us through the hero's journey, they just kept on doing flashbacks. And the whole movie was her trying to figure out what the what her journey was. Yeah. And it was lackluster. I agree. It never really felt like it truly paid off. And by the end, it was just like, I was ready for this movie to be over before it really even ended. I felt like it wasn't too long, but it's just like, what are we doing? It was a lot of just 
like unnecessary i don't even wouldn't call it world building but just like plot development that just never really felt worth the time it occupied i don't mean to speak in generalities or in circles but i'm just like wait this is the payoff for all like this hour long pause of action and just storytelling Mm -hmm. and well let's start and there was oh sorry just to finish what you're thinking there was like miniature little bits of action right it was like okay we're gonna break into this place we're going to find the old files, which, by the way, yeah. that's just boring. Super cheesy. Just, and that's like just boring. Hallways and bookcases. But yeah. then it's like, oh, there is a little bit of a fight. And I kind of thought, like, I remember at that very moment, I was thinking, oh, good, they're going to get into some action because I've been kind of bored lately. Yeah. And then it wasn't really an action scene. The whole thing didn't go anywhere. It was yeah. just a little bit of a fight. It was a tussle. And I, and I was like, I was like, come on, this is a comic book movie. Yeah. There needs to be more to it. Some of the action scenes that we did get were decent. Yeah. That like I'm thinking of the one in the spaceship where she's being held captive by the scrolls and she breaks out and she's got those things on her on her arms. Yeah. That was pretty much it until she goes nuclear at the end. But then but then she became too powerful. She became yeah, like, too powerful too instantly almost. Yeah, and that's a that's a great point because that leads me to a problem I remember just like so all she had to do was remember that she had been knocked down off her bike and had a fastball thrown at her as a kid, and she became, you know, like Super Saiyan level nine thousand. I just that yeah. was a very easy, just like remember who you are and the fact that you've dealt with that diversity, and that's the key to unlocking your true power. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. Like King Arthur pulled a sword out of a stone, but do you know how? Yeah. And I felt like how did she, the same thing? It's like okay, so she becomes this ultimate being, you know, but how? And I think that what they were trying to do, like on paper and when they were probably explaining, okay, this is what we think we want to do. We want to make it so that throughout the entire movie, Jude Law's character is always telling her not Holding to let her the back. human part come out because you know the emotion that she feels can unlock her power and they want to hold that back. And then when she realizes that Jude Law has been lying to her the whole time, she starts to realize that her emotions, her human... Are the key to unlocking. Her human pieces are the key to unlocking her power. And on paper, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I I don't mind that. But they just... I feel like they didn't do it right. No, And I don't know... I I don't have an answer to, like, how it would have been better. But it just wasn't well done. It just wasn't done. I mean, I'm not the movie writer, but I am the watcher. And as the watcher, I'm kind of like no i that's you didn't do it right i don't know how to do it right but you didn't do it right i feel like not to be like snarky but i feel like this was not focus tested i I just can't imagine you know by specific not just your average moviegoer but like maybe some hardcore fans like no you there's more questions than answers well if suicide squad can get a green light yeah yeah yeah. then then this this is fine this this is fine I didn't get a sense of what her actual powers are. They, she just says, "Oh, they're photons." You know that. What? But what is? Did they it? even say that? Did they say? At, that at one point, I, she okay. said something about photons, and I'm like, "But yeah." So she shoots shit out of her hands. Hands, but how exactly? And how does she all of a sudden so fly? And some days she they do can't. explain that. I, I miss that. So I mean, she has the power of the Tesseract in a way. Oh, that was supposed to, I, I think that's the big takeaway from this movie yes. as far as like a talking point. Which I don't think that, I mean, that's not, that's not from the comics at all. Like her not power that is not no, at all. That was specifically Tesseract. an MCU I thing. I mean, because her, her power was given to her by Marvel. Yes. Who in the comic books was a man and this one, they made it a woman. That's totally fine. fine. I, don't, I don't care with that. Um, but 
Marvel didn't necessarily give her the power at all. It was it was the power of the Tesseract that powered the plane they were in that then exploded. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I mean, It was whatever. a little circular logic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's powered by Tesseract fuel, essentially. I guess. Yeah. I didn't get a sense, and I think you'll agree with me. I think we mentioned this uh, shortly after seeing it. I didn't get a sense of what her vulnerabilities are and what the Kree and the Skrulls' vulnerabilities are too because like um, the Marvel, she got taken out with one shot from just a, a space laser, but yet Captain right. Marvel's up there destroying ships once she goes full nuclear. But, but she's then, also like, not getting shot by anyone. But then like a punch like hurt her at one point, and I'm just like, so what is... I didn't get a sense of what her... Right, her vulnerabilities are what kind of damage she can inflict. I, it was just you. You really didn't see her take any damage. No, besides general punches and fighting, she didn't take any major damage. Yeah. throughout this entire movie. So we don't know what her vulnerability is. We know she's very powerful. Powerful to like she can dish out the power, but yeah, we have no idea what she can take. What's her like ability to absorb? Like we know Thor and Hulk and some of these higher powered beings, right? you know, can uh, get a sense of from what the give and take is. I didn't get that from her. Uh, maybe we'll expound on that more with well, uh, in Endgame. They say, though, that she is the most powerful being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I, I don't even remember where I heard that, but I, I heard I, that. I, 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 and, you know, of course, now these things are going to come up and, like, websites are going to rank, like, but I don't see how anyone's more pow- powerful than Thor. But meh, what do I know? Well, just I mean, the way it's presented. he's just a god. It's, he's not no a big, big deal. deal. God of thunder. No big but, deal. But in this, I mean, I mean, in this world, he's yes, he is a god, but a god doesn't necessarily mean super uber powerful. No, I mean, I don't know. I, it's a comic book, or yeah, based off a comic it. book, so they can just write the rules as as they go. I mean, th- that that's fine. That's understandable. I do just kind of have this sense that like this movie came out. And there's this big kind of deal around the fact that she's, I, I, I mean, this is the first female solo superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And in, in Marvel, anyways. In Marvel. That's what yeah. I, yeah, in Marvel, excuse me. And she is supposed to be the most powerful person in all of the Marvel universe. I never got and a sense of that. And you know that she's going to be a main player in defeating Thanos. Yet here I am going, okay, but you've got people like Thor who's had like six movies now. Who's this Carol Danvers coming? Like who who she thinks she is coming in, trying to like almost be the saving grace, be a part of the Avengers. It's like she didn't earn any of that yet. No. Does that make sense? No, yeah. It, it, it's almost like a walk on expecting the lead. It's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, we gotta prove yourself here. And and I feel like and I feel like if this movie was really good. Then, then the the audience would have been like, "Yes, hell yeah, Carol Danvers, you know, Captain Marvel is like my character because that movie was so good. I am so rooting for her." But it wasn't, right? Yeah, so I just you're didn't like, get a sense of who she is as Carol Danvers or as Captain Marvel. It just it was not a strong character to the point where I'm like, I can't wait to see how she's going to factor into this next one. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then yeah, that post credit scene shows that she pretty much answers the pager from uh, Infinity War right away. And is looking for Fury. Fury's gone. Let's talk about Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson, to me, was the most prominent part of this movie, aside from right. the obvious. Well, he... He was too he had, goofy. But he had personality. 
this was maybe before he got all jaded and you know yes. kind of like just so business but he was just like you know i know it's nick fury back in 1990 what five this movie was supposedly Something taking like place that. uh well, i'll get to that in a minute but um yeah i just was like from every movie i've ever seen him in the only time i remember him cracking a joke maybe once or twice was in uh not civil war the winter soldier he did like a little bit of comic relief because he was more heavily featured in that movie right and he was obviously very featured in this movie and it just clashed with i mean nick fury's like the bad it did news clash bearer. a bit with his character yeah it, he, just, it turned into old it turned into regular samuel L. jackson yeah not nick fury yeah it turned I, into the actor not the character does that make sense yeah i agree and one of the things i remember discussing with you f- beforehand i'm like so obviously this movie is going to answer a few questions it's a prequel so it's limited as to what it can do forward progress current day um you know happenings but i said it's gonna remember nick fury has both eyes in this movie and the way they de-eyed him him. (laughs) they took away his eyes like really that's how he got i know because like in uh it was it was stupid and and it was it was dumb because first of all he's he's nick fury he's been through battles and like yeah i think he got his eye taken away uh, in like comics because of like a grenade or something you know to do with yeah fire whatever it is it needs to be kind of this cool epic, or it should be, to honor the character in his important place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it should be an important, like, deal, like a a, a bit of, uh, martyrdom's not the right word, but a sacrifice, right? Yeah, like how like, Bucky lost his arm. Right, You know, yeah, something like, like he cool, was not doing something, like, something oh, a and, cat, alien cat scratched his eye out for yeah. no reason, too. And then he, and then while it's getting all puffy and obviously very bad, he's playing it off joking, oh, it's no big deal. It's like, dude, it's a big deal, and all those people around the table there that you're talking to, who are also playing it off, are not your friends. No, because you at all. need to go to the fucking emergency room. Yeah, if someone had your back, <laughs> they it would have worked out differently. But um, no, I I totally agree with you. I think that's one of the that was stupid weakest things. But I do want to just touch on Nick Fury and Samuel L. Jackson yeah. real quick because I, there's a point I want to make, and I think that they uh, Brie Larson is a great actress. You wouldn't know it by this, though. Not in this. Like, I don't know if it's the directing or the writing. No, she or just if it's like just does her. a lot of stares and she just like yeah, a lot she of long absent much. pauses. Yeah, it's like she has no emotion to her. No, she what didn't she's, emote very what well. She's um, saying or feeling, and so like throughout this entire movie, you she's just stone faced and you yeah. have no connection to her. Like, and are I think you going to say something? Nick Fury had to be funny in order to be like the offset to that because yeah. if nick fury was serious nick fury with serious captain marvel there this movie would have just been overly bland yeah i feel you and i think they kind of wrote him that way because i just don't think he was the, the character to, to do it i see I, I see the need for that you know off-putting or that offsetting i should say uh counterbalance but it shouldn't have been him it, you know i agree they should have introduced something else yeah i did think and i can't remember the main scroll the, the main bad guy, the green guy, I can't remember Who his name. wasn't really bad after all. Sure. It was, a, but it was a, something. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, who's always been a bad guy. He was a bad guy in Rogue mm-hmm. One. He was a bad guy in Ready Player One. He was, through half of this movie, a bad guy. And then I thought that was a good turn for him. I thought, yeah. th- I thought that was one of the more well-done parts of the storytelling and the fact that, you know, oh, I've been lied to this whole time. Here's an example of which. He did work. Oh, as his his com- as humor. Comedy. Yeah, his humor like, was good. I thought that was good. He was on point. But to but to your point, I agree that for story story wise, I was okay with what they did. Yeah. But they threw out all of the canon for the actual scrolls in the comics. Oh, a hundred percent. And 
and that it just something about it rubs me the wrong way it's like because you're just completely changing an entire villain and being like oh no no they're the good guys yeah they're the victims and you're like oh okay well then that throws off everything i've ever known and everything i've ever seen about these this entire race of aliens like i don't know that one i still to this day kind of struggle with was it worth the the kind of cool twist to completely throw these characters yeah like, like it was a good twist, but should it have been them as a race? Uh, yeah, I don't from know. what we know of them, yeah. Uh, um, I'm gonna get off the negativity train. Not even negativity, but just you know this. Yeah, side we have of been it. a bit negative. No, but that's fine because it's it's honest feeling. Might as well get it all out of the way. I'm gonna get off it here in a second, but I want to say that they were way too loose, not only in this movie but just as it relates to all the other movies with the Tesseract. Like I feel like that has had a really inconsistent storyline because it first appeared, like we talked about, in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, right? Mm-hmm. That's what gives right. uh, what Red Skull's after. And then it shows up in Thanos' possession modern day. This is 20 years from now or 20 years from that point. How does the Marvel end up with it? And we recall it was last we saw it before Thanos grabbed it from Loki in uh, Infinity War. It was on uh, Asgard being hidden away with the relics Mm because Loki sees that at the end, remember? And he's all like, ooh, and it's in its cube form before he crushes it and takes the stone. I just, I did not get a sense of how it wound up in this movie. I didn't get a sense of what had happened in between all the movies where they just saying, Oh, just go with it. It felt like I was just being told to "Eh, just go with it. I, I I didn't like that. I don't remember, but I'm I'm sure that somewhere in the timeline, I mean, cause they wouldn't just randomly write it in. It goes from somewhere in outer space to, to to earth. I I feel like, I don't know. So it makes sense because remember captain, uh, I was gonna say captain planet. (laughs) I wish captain planet was (laughs) an Avenger. Um, he crashes it. Right, and thus the sacrifice himself in the ice. Yes, and yeah. so maybe she comes from space to find it as a means to fueling the ship for the scrolls to escape oppression and murder. But then, how did it end back up on Asgard? I, I it lost me, and I I like these things. I like these little, you know, breadcrumb details. I like to follow, like right. I like consistency. But this one, it threw me you off. Couldn't tell. Yeah. yeah. I it's just I don't know. They were inconsistent I mean, really with that. Question. I really don't know. Yeah. The the Cree, the the crew, the Cree crew. Yeah. I just thought they were just like generic colored space beans, you know, like no character. Granted they were yeah, only here, ever supposed to be by minor, the way, but why is all oh, of them blue green. except one? Oh, cuz the green guy. One guy had to be green. Oh, so one was green. That was Jaiman Hansu. He was the green guy. Okay, and the rest of them were blue. Yeah. But then I just feel the like main bad guy was just whatever regular he was jude law he was peach colored yeah peach colored jude law yeah that was weird i just thought they were very generic no character to them not that they needed to be but yeah would have liked more from that and i'm sorry jude law if you get jude law do something with jude law yeah you know what i mean worthy of his talents quite honestly exactly well same with brie larson yeah or yeah brie larson i was about to say allison brie because you and i were were talking about allison brie and brie larson the brie sisters (laughs) um eating brie cheese together wouldn't that be funny (laughs) <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. Drinking sea breezes? No, that didn't work. I totally forgot what I was going to say. That that threw me off my whole point. You were talking about Jude Law and how much. Oh, so he didn't, thank you. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a real reason for what he was doing and for 
being evil. Like, you know how like every good villain has to have a real reason, whether it's they're evil and they want to take something over for greed or whether it's like Thanos and he thinks he's doing the right thing. I would like to know, like maybe the, the, the scrolls have like something the Kree want. Right. Or like they were going to harvest their planet. In this story, in this version of the Kree like, and no, scroll, the, bad guys. the Kree are the good guy or the Kree are the bad guys and the scroll are the good guys. And the Kree How? is just killing them off. But you're like, why? Tell us why they're hunting them. Yeah. They're spending all this time and money and lives hunting the scrolls. If the scrolls really are Who are not, just trying to flee. Yeah. If they're really not a danger, why? Yeah. They did not. That and was they not didn't developed. touch on that at all. No, you're right. I actually hadn't thought about it to this point, but. I can't remember that ever being explained to me. Yeah. Anyway. So the good parts of this movie, uh, they do exist, just not as much as not I would as have prevalent. liked. Yeah. Um, the Stan Lee cameo, great. That was really good. And I assume this would be the last one. I don't know 100%. There's rumor out there that, you know, that he filmed a bunch knowing that yep. he... I've heard Not that. he, but them knowing that, you know, he was getting close to, you know, leaving the earth. And... I thought it was funny. It was set in 1995, so I thought it was awesome when he's on the the bus and she's, yeah. or the train or whatever that was, and uh, he's reading he's the script. He's reading the a Mallrats script. Yeah, which was like, as far as I can remember, his first real cameo as himself outside yep. of Marvel yeah. all the same, which was cool. I, I think that's, now that I, so I didn't catch that it said Mallrats in the beginning, and so I was like, what is, he, what, what is he saying that thing over and over again? I wasn't catching it, but once I made that connection, I was like, okay, that is really good. Yeah. That was smart. And I, I hope that they continue on with it his was cameos, one of, even digitally. Uh, that's fine. He can be a death puppet. That's fine. Um, <laughs> death puppet. That's what they call it when they... they Rogue One did that. Sounding. Yeah, it, but it kind of is well, poignant. But they could do it better than they did in Rogue One, because well, he looked funky in Rogue One. Well, Stanley wasn't in Rogue One. No, the the guy who you're talking about. Grand Moff Tarkin? Yes. Yeah, and they did it with Princess Leia as well. And they did it with... It was equally as bad. Yeah. Um, I... That was one of the more subtle references to the fact it was the 90s instead of like every other scene needlessly ju- them just throwing in, oh, here's a hit 90s song or hey, remember this right. band that was in the 90s? Now they're wearing their t-shirts. Not to be back. That, Blockbuster, Radio Shack. It's like, we get it. Okay, we're in the 90s. Got it. Thank you. Didn't need a reminder every five minutes. But all that to say, that was more of a subtle subtle T in a, you know, a time frame in us. So I thought right. that was good. Goose, all-star. Your thoughts? <laughs> sure. I thought it was just fun the way. I, that, no, I, th- I thought it was a good addition. And the way the cat like got his paws a little bit dirty. Yeah, I wouldn't say hands, but you know. No, I know what you mean. Uh, and that was kind of fun, and it was comic relief. But it's almost like I kind of want to like hope that he shows up later somehow. But I know it's it's a one off. It's got to be. There's no. What point. if he was the key to all of this? Uh, eats Thanos at the end, and then that's how they <laughs> kill Thanos. <laughs> that's the it's end like, game. It's like Thanos is there. And he's got everybody on the ropes, right? And then he sees a cat and he goes, oh, hi, cat. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the cat swallows him, I would like spits to... out the gauntlet. Now, are all these aliens that he, this goose creature is, are they all cats? Or do they just take on, a, like, are they shapeshifters? I, I think, I don't think that's a real no, it's not a thing. thing from the comics. No, I've never just, heard of that. No. And I, I think that's just something they made up, which I think is clever, because everybody was afraid of the cat and... Nick Fury's like, why? He's just a cat. Yeah, I thought that. He was I like that the was last good. one to know, and then he harnessed his powers. See, it's 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 writing like that that you know there's still something about this movie that is Marvel because there's the those bits of cute and funny that are still sprinkled throughout. Okay, that's the Marvel we love. Yeah, but there's something about this movie that it it's not like that was too few. It was just that it 
it didn't mesh with the rest of it. Yeah. As far as something else I enjoyed, I, I liked Mendelssohn's character. I thought he was funny, and mm-hmm. especially in that full-on makeup. Mm-hmm. He just, his witticisms, and it just showed that he was so British, but he was an <laughs> alien still. He yeah. just like had that British dry wit about him. I thought that was cool. Didn't he, wait, didn't, wasn't it Australian? Oh, he might be an Aussie. Well, yeah, he had, was like a, he had like a very strong, I thought it was Australian accent. And I remember leaning over to my girlfriend at the time and being like, why is he the only Australian accent out of all of the scrolls? Like, it just didn't make sense. He, he was good, especially once they let his character, you know, actually reveal himself. I, yeah. thought, I thought he was really good. And I thought, I thought that was a cool reveal. Yeah. Where he comes and he's like, oh, I'm, Wait, I'm, hold up. I'm a good guy. Hold on. I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I just thought there was like certain things about him that it were had some levity funny. to his yeah. character. Um, other than that, nothing really stood out as good for me. Right. You? No. And I didn't understand when and why and what dictates when she has her mohawk helmet. Is it just to look cool? Like there was- Yeah. Well, oh, and something that my girlfriend pointed out at the end, which she's totally right. She needs her helmet the entire time throughout the movie when she's in space. But at the very end, she, yeah. she is out in space without her helmet. Yeah. And okay, so is that a part of her new power now? That uh, yeah, they yeah they didn't they didn't touch on it. Oh, oh, one more thing. Last thought. Okay, and I'll, I will make this my last thought. Why Ronan the accuser? He was unnecessary, and we already know how it works out for him. So that was just kind of like a bunk cameo. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but we, it, was it was also that, it was also a way for them to telegraph. Oh, the the Cree over here that you're thinking is the I, good I get guys. That. It was a, they're it was not a because. To that. You know that guy. You know he's not he's good. He's evil, yeah. So if he's aligned with him, something's afoot. Right. But I just didn't think it needed to be him. And it's just like... Yeah, but they like tying the movies together in some way. And I well, think that, that was Well, then that served its purpose. It. Yeah. Uh, overall grade, if you had to give it one? Overall grade, I would give it a just kind of like a 7 out of 10. It, it was very C it, it, quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like it's low enough to go too bad. It just... I can't say it's the worst Marvel... Um, studio movie I've seen. So it's but not I, Thor 2. No, but I can't say that it's much better. No. It's just in that bottom third. If I had to yeah. chop them up every third, that's what I would kind of categorize it as. Good, right. So we're, yeah, we're both agreeing. Uh, not a great movie. Worth seeing if you're a fan. Oh, yeah. You um, need to... Why did I say it like that? You need to see it <laughs> um, just to know how it ties into the greater story. And, you know, if nothing else, kind of like, to me, like Ant-Man versus Ant-Man... And the Wasp, not versus the Wasp, yeah. um, was just almost, in a way, it's just like an excuse to just get to the end credit scene to see how it ties in. Right. So we needed to see that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So worth the price of admission, nothing spectacular. Right. Okay. How so, to Train Your Dragon 3, we saw the week previous to that. Yes, The Hidden World. We'll be quick on this, being that we just took a lot of time Spoiler about free that. as well. Yeah, just there's no real thing to spoil except for the fact that, you know, everyone dies at the end, but no big deal. Yeah. I, I like these movies. I think of, you know, Disney is not Pixar. Wait, I botched that. Uh, DreamWorks is not Pixar. Oh, yeah. But I feel like, you know, you have your, your Kung Fu Pandas, you have your, your Shreks, but I really feel like this is their hallmark, hallmark, I should say, um, series Dream for DreamWorks. I think it's their best one. Uh, I mean, okay. This is one of those rare instances where you and I have different opinions. And I'm on the more positive side. But you're on the more positive side yeah. because generally speaking... You're a negative Nancy, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a positive Paul. I was gonna say Peter. Okay, it's more penis-like. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I'm a positive Peter. Let's just say that. Penis. <laughs> yeah. It's a Peter penis. Yeah. 
What are we doing? I don't know. So, <laughs> but no, I when it comes to this movie, I came in not excited for it because there's something about the commercials. It's it's something about like all of the other movies that they've had with it, both kind of those straight to DVD ones plus number two. Yeah. I only saw number two and number one, number one and number two. Okay. Which so is just fine. Like the, I, the I only canon, saw the, the better ones. Story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but number two, I remember thinking it was good, but not great. Whereas the first one I really loved, I did feel this like, you know, that anytime you have a boy and a dog kind no, of, it's an easy story movie, to, it to, just, to really, it rally really behind. connects to me because I am a boy with a dog. And, so I, I generally connect to those types of movies. And so I really came in hoping to like this. And the story, like Captain Marvel, was kind of bland to me. And I feel like it was sort of a paint-by-numbers DreamWorks slash Pixar slash Disney type of movie. Mm-hmm. And and there's so there's I think it was a disappointment that there was nothing super unique about it. The villain was just... Bad guy 101. Yeah, he, he wasn't creative. It was just a... It was just a guy who wanted to hunt the Night Furies. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's just a hunter. Yeah. And But there was no deeper meaning or deeper purpose to what he had. And and I wish that that was there. So when it comes down to it, if we're just talking about general thoughts at first, like we usually do, mm-hmm. um, I liked this movie, but I didn't like it near as much as I wish that I did. Okay. Yeah, I follow that line. Um, I just, I, I really like these from start to finish. Now, hey, remember when Toy Story 3 came out? It was advertised as the last one or the finale. And now we have And four. now we know that's not so the case. We, so yeah. I really hope that we they honor that. We can easily come back to the story. Because again. there's no where they left off. I'm like, good. Let let it be right there. I like it. Um, and I thought like it even, you know, how it even went in the future a few years to show like, oh. Right. And I'm like. I like that. That, that was sweet. Um, it kind of had an ending of like Harry and the Hendersons for me a little bit. I don't know why I've been referencing Harry and the Hendersons a lot in my personal life. Um. <laughs> But, you know, it's like if you love something, let it go, even if yeah. it hurts you to see it go. But, you know, it's better off for the creature and they need to be with sure. their own kind. They need to be, you know. And I thought that was I thought they did the send off sweetly. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous because I really like Toothless. Like I see a mm-hmm. lot of my old dog in him. Yeah. Or. My, yeah. Yeah. And just some of the personality quirks and stuff like that. And, you know, the fact that I was on pins and needles this whole time. I'm like, oh, wait. are they going to kill the dragon? Please don't kill the dragon. not saying if they do or don't, go see it yourself. Or if you've already seen it, you know. But that was like something I was anticipating an Mm -hmm. answer to. So I was like really just curious to see how that played out. Um, I like the the side characters. They're fine. They're just like, you know, one's the comic relief. They're Um, all comic relief. Pretty much. That's kind of... Well, if you look at the people who voice them, it makes sense um, too. Like Kristen Wiig... um, the guy who is really heavy and then really skinny, Jonah Hill. Um, <laughs> and then the other guy who's really heavy and really skinny. Who? The, the tall guy. Um, he died in the Transformers oh, movie. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, and he's not... He's, he's in... T.J. Miller. Yes, thank yes. you. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I like how the movie that I that's point what out... Number, not for Silicon <laughs> Valley. He's, or fam- not. he's famous for dying in the shitty Transformers movie. Oh, my movie. God. I, I remember that movie yeah. still, unfortunately. After that, I said, fuck this, I'm done. I'm done with God, these, and I haven't bad. looked back except for Bumblebee. But whatever. can we just spend the next hour talking about how shitty Transformers movies are? How could we not now that it's been out, yeah. opened? Um, anyways, I liked it. It's not like an A, but it's a really like for me, it's like a B plus movie. And yeah. if you've already seen the previous two, why not? You might as well. I thought it ended well. I thought just 
you know, by the time you're to the third of anything, it's hard to generate enough interest through the story. Right. As to and wait, a third how do they is get always in- like, how do you make it as good as the first couple? Yeah. I thought that this one, you know, if you were judging them individually, first one's best, second one was worthy, third one's not as good, and that actually makes sense, linear yeah, progression. Very, I agree. Very few times can you actually look at anything that was intended to be a trilogy, whether it went on past that or not, and say the second, let alone the third's better. Of course, Empire is the lone exception for most people that they point to. Maybe Return of the King was probably my favorite out mm. of the three, but yeah, that story was already written and predetermined. Yeah, that's So they different. had like yeah. the best basis. But this one, I don't being, think this was meant to be a prequel, right? No, this was this was. Was it meant to be? No, it's a sequel in every sense of the word. Because remember, I'm sorry, a prequel. I, I don't know why I said the word prequel. A trilogy. No, I, just I, totally I think spit when they the made the first word, one, like, great, but you know. Yeah, I think the first one was supposed to be its own thing. Yeah, and then they created the second and it's not one, adapted and then they created any, the third anything. one. Right? And I just love the the dynamic, like you said, boy and his dog. Kind of in this case, you know, throw some scales and you got a, a dragon dog. But I just thought their relationship has always been really sweet and something that really works for me even as an adult. Um, I love his flaming sword. I think that is so that cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was and he, he started developing it. And I love the fact that they use tech, but it's like medieval, but still yeah. cool tech. It's just... There's I, a lot to I like, like about these movies. this movie. And I like that. Um, I do like how in the dynamic between Toothless and Hiccup, Yeah, that Hiccup and Toothless have a really good relationship except for the fact that they, like Hiccup realizes that he's a night fairy and, and he's still a wild animal and he can't control him all the time. And when those little bits come out, it totally reminds me of my dog. Yeah. And that those were the things that I was like, you know, that's good writing and that's writing from somebody who has a pet. Like or, experience. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, where you you just kind of feel like that, I know I'm connected, but I'm not as connected as I would like because... I can't control an animal. Yeah, and then the message of, hey, we don't own Yeah, you we don't at the own end the, of the dragons. At the end of it, yeah. I thought that was well done. One thing, though, that's kind of like tickles me, if you're basically not one of the younger guys, you actually just sound like a, a generic Viking. Like, everyone else just sounds like a clansman. Not the, yeah, the, it's it's kind of ridiculous who has an accent and who doesn't. Yeah, but even when they would let like an extra talk, like when they're doing that town hall mm-hmm. meeting, just like you cannot distinguish one voice from the other, except for Craig <laughs> Ferguson, the who's person. the uh, the uh, the old Viking guy, the, the big guy, who has yeah. been in that since the beginning. I like when he, sh- uh, yeah, voices a character because he puts a lot of his himself in it. I feel overall good movie. Well, I just I like being able to see good movies in theaters and feel like I got my money's worth. Yeah. Who doesn't? Duh. And but. I and I and I want to say that like I'm not saying that this movie's bad. I, I was just, I wanted it to be something else. And I wanted it to be something that I think it wasn't. And, and that's maybe not fair for me to go in with that mentality. But it is just the way I went in. So, so shame when on I you. left, yeah, shame on me. Yeah. When I left, I, uh, I, just, I just kind of felt like I wanted something else, something more. There are some really great scenes in this, and I don't want to The animation is, is top the notch. The animation is gorgeous. The lighting and the directing is is beautiful, and there's certain parts in this movie where they go to the hidden world. You yeah, know, that they're referencing was great looking. It's just beautiful, yeah. and it, it kind of there's certain parts it reminded me of um, Avatar. Remember mm-hmm. the movie Avatar? Of course. And and but like times times ten. Yeah. And so there are really beautiful things about this movie, and I think it's definitely worth the watch. And I think it's definitely worth worth a watch in the theater. Because of those visuals. Yeah. But overall, the story, at least for me, was a little lack. And so I would probably give it like a 75, which is still not bad. Yeah. But I just 
Yeah, no, I, like I feel you. Like For me, I'm like in the B plus territory. We have spent a good amount of time talking about this movie, so we're going to start rifling through some of our next points. First up on that is TV, and we're talking specifically about Punisher season two. Boy, I can't wait till Punisher season three. Well, you, know? you never know what if someone you? picks it up. <laughs> right. But yeah, it ain't happening on so, Netflix. Yeah, we for those who, who don't know, um, there should be Marvel, nobody that listens. Every Marvel Netflix show has been canceled for reasons that are a little uh, bit. Jessica of a, Jones hasn't yet, but we know it's coming. We know it's coming. Can't wait for season three. Um, but but we know that there's contractual issues, and it's probably super expensive to have these. So who knows what the real reason is? But after this last season, I am sad to see it go. Yeah, I feel like there's still more of a story to tell, and the fact that he's now. Mm. Well, the, f- the fact that he's moved on from a certain somebody says who sure. else is out there, and yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like when this was written, they knew that they were going to get canceled. Well, it's hard to say because they left it. They didn't leave it with a lead of something else is happening, but they left it just open, like completely There's open more to do Frank whatever they want. Castling to. to be done. There's yeah, still more punishing to be done. I um, agree. Highs and lows. Highs. F- of course, Frank Castle. He's awesome. Um, and Bernthal is just he is so the Punisher. locked in. I mean, he is. And you know, it would even be cheesy for somebody else to do it, maybe. But I really like when he just growls and barks sometimes. You know, like when he's shooting. Yeah, he, he, just, he has a Batman voice. He does. Yeah. And he just like, Where is she? He'll, like, he'll like literally bark sometimes and just like, uh, uh, Russo, you know, and right. I just, I kind of like that. And it just, it's like one of these little idiosyncrasies that he brings to it. Because you're not going to see that in the comics. Like, Ruh, ruh. you know <laughs> like no one's gonna write that out but i feel like this is he's such an, a good embodiment and keep in mind he didn't show up for the first time in his own season he was a side character to you know, oh, to, know. Daredevil, yeah, to daredevil and he's so coming to his own um they did not rely on other side characters i mean they had the one little brief crossover with karen because he has a history with her sure but you know she's but that was it she's more or less in daredevil so you mean side characters from like other series coming from other Netflix yeah. series, yeah, and just, they, just they, her for a little bit, yeah, and they, a couple of they, episodes. They they really focus on their own characters, um, so he's great. Counterpoint to him, total low. Uh, Jigsaw Billy Russo, he was, it was unenjoyable for yeah. the times he was on the screen, especially in the early going when he's still like, is he crazy? Is he just acting out for attention? Like what's going on here? And when he's like wearing the mask, the mask thing did not. Yeah. Wasn't a good payoff. So we don't want to go into too much. Like, no, but he was it, he was a very unenjoyable I, part I of it. I do want to say though, when it comes to Jigsaw, I 100 percent agree with you. I think that um, it's like what happened from the first season to now that way he they just went in a totally different direction with his character and it just never paid off. Well, we he's still like an evil asshole, but but the whole like I can't remember who I am. It, it's it, like bullshit. And it made it. You're right because he couldn't remember. It made it feel like a different character. Like, we weren't getting a meaner, angrier version of that character from season one that we And, like, he thought like was a cries in this one. He's like, why, why would he do that? He was my best friend. I was just like, what? What is going on with this character? I don't think he was a good representation of Jig- Jigsaw because... Or Jigrock. Or Jigrock. Yeah, or Fraggle Rock, <laughs> or frankly. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, I feel you. So, I just think that he... Um, the character had so much potential, and if they would have just taken the simplified comic book version of this which is okay frank castle messed his face up and so he wakes up in the hospital and they'd stitched him back together and he should look just 
horrified. Horrifying. Like, like to the point where mothers would hide their babies. Yes, he should look. He's disgusting. still going out in public, and he's so he's a little still scar- a pretty boy like, with a couple of the scars. Fact, the fact that he reacted so poorly that the look he had post surgery didn't justify. It. I'm like, wait, that's what's got you so pissed yeah. off. And remember, yeah, remember it, for several episodes they don't show his face. Yeah, and that was and then the they reveal. act like there's a reveal, and you're like, oh, but he still looks pretty. Yeah, you know what's funny is a few times I've even gone back and watched a few episodes just to like see if what I'm theoretically thinking is what I notice. Yeah. And I swear, he must have had different makeup on at different times because his scars move around a lot. From the, do d- they d- really? D- oh, a hundred percent. Go back and watch it, and like really take like screenshots, like in your mind of where he, you, he <laughs> was when, in my mind. or with your camera. <laughs> Click. Yeah, and then versus where he is at the end, I'm like, okay, so they had different makeup on different days, and it's, it's oh, fine. Course, it's yeah. just little things like that. But I was like, I can't be the only one who noticing this. I just felt like they needed to. They went too psychological with him. Yeah, and, and it just we need more just villainry. And I, I exactly, I think they just he was very went, inconsistent as a character. They should have just went with villainry where he's just meaner and he's angrier and he's, and he's got a vendetta he's pissed he's got a vendetta against frank castle but in this case it was like frank castle went after him he didn't go after frank castle yeah and i kind of thought that it should have been the other way around 100 percent should have been um yeah. and i also so let's talk about the other villain who i john pilgrim a, a bright spot i think for me. john pilgrim right That's yeah you're right um i did i liked him i yes. did like him you know who he reminded of who he reminded me of, hmm. just with that cold stoicism and very just matter of fact. Oh, I do uh, know. Anton Chigurh from uh, No Country for Old Men. Exactly. And just like very plotting and yep. just like giving people. Yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He, he had a, a similar vibe. I'm not saying like, oh, that was him. No, not at all. He did, but I do like how they made him too. more. He was sad too. I he was yeah, sad. Yeah, they made him. See, I thought, they thought the depth in his character was there, whereas in Jigsaw it wasn't. And right. I think they, I they had more. more time to flesh out the Jigsaw character, and they didn't do as good of a job. And then with the John Pilgrim character, they didn't have as much time, as much but screen time. But they did time, a good job for what but they But they had. did a really good I job. I could have used more of him, quite honestly. I will say, though, that I, I'm still feeling like I watched two separate seasons at once. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt in Daredevil season two, for instance, with okay. the Electra thing and the hand thing. And well, I was but, like, but the Electra was a part of the hand. In the long run, and so, well, okay, yeah. So, but in this one, as he in that one, I didn't mind it because they they connected in some way. In this season of the Punisher, the two villains. So he there was literally two storylines going on, yeah, and they never intersected, no, not once. And almost like a missed opportunity. It's weird, say? right? It's yeah. weird to not have them intersect somehow because yeah, that's they're not even just, aware of each other. There's just a thing that you do when you have two things going like that. They're, they should in some way bump into each other somehow. It, it would have been a little more satisfying. I, I like yeah. the fact that even though they basically are on opposite ends of, a, of an agreement, there's respect between you know Pilgrim and, and Punisher. Like, do you remember? Kind of, yeah. Even like... Not well, we don't want to get into the spoilers. But there's just there's like there's just a mutual like understanding like hey, We're this both is killers. what I've got to do. Well, I think I think the the mutual understanding came from look, we're both killers and we don't like it, yeah. but this is who we and are. And we have what innocent we do. people that are caught up in our mess that are now being used as bargaining chips against the us. The difference kind of is sort of. one just straight up kills innocent people, yeah. and the other doesn't. <laughs> but they tried to make this thing where uh, maybe I'm getting into spoilers, yeah, but mild, they tried mild. to make that argument. Like, how do you think he's any better than 
than all the villains in this. Which is like com- kind of a common question built around but the But I Punisher. thought it was like uh, easy. He doesn't kill innocent people. Yeah. The people that he kills are the bad people. Yeah. That is an easy distinction between him and the villains of these stories. Thought, and they brought it up several times, and I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah. Looking at, um, at things, we probably should wrap this up, but okay. a couple of little things I'm going to leave off on. I thought the side characters, for the most part, were a good contribution to this season. Yeah, me too. I really like Curtis, um, the his his friend. Although, what's his name wasn't there this season? The guy from the first season. Oh, Micro or Cipher or something like that. Yeah, the hacker. Yeah, he was the guy who was just at, got out from the CIA. Yeah, I guess he had his family. Well, he back. probably disappeared. They're like, he got a new lease on life. Yeah. Get out of here. I I can understand that with them, not explaining it, um, based on where it was. The one side character though that did not work for me was I don't even remember her name, but the psychologist who ends up, you know, being an ally to Jigsaw. Well, well, it's not. Dude, come on! It's been like three months since the show came out. Still okay. So that's the one thing. Little I'm Little spoiler, say. sorry. Yeah, I I did not like her. Yeah, I, I did, did not, not like either. her character. I'm not saying the person who played her. Also, or the way dating she's... a therapist. I know that like that is a big no no. <laughs> you as a therapist. Do not get into a personal relationship with your and they, patient. They, 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 they let attempt to explain patient. why, but it, it, she was just contributed nothing. No, um, I overall, like her. good season. I'm sad to see it go. I understand. I hope someone can pick it up later because I think there's, like I said, more punishing to be dealt out. Well, this could happen to be all because of Disney getting their own streaming service, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they're going to go this way this with it. Dark. But it's Disney. It still is. These are Disney characters, which is so weird to say. But Marvel characters are Disney they're, characters. They're inherited Disney characters. And but it but if Disney really wants to take their streaming service seriously, then they cater to a large. They need to be audience. like every other streaming service and have things for kids and things for adults. Who knows? So maybe they'll go that route. I'm sad to see it go. I for the most part pretty entertained. It was a solid B of a of a series season. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it as much as the first season, but I still liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up our TV talk, um, I do want to touch on Game of Thrones real quick because we have finished all, all of the season so far and we can't wait until season... Oh, the anticipation is building. It's like... Seven? Season eight. eight. Yeah. Eight, excuse me. As of the time of this recording, we're just literally four Sundays away and it's just like kid to Christmas. You know, We've got our advent calendar out right now. Every day we're getting a piece of chocolate. Um, the biggest concern I have is just, it's not a concern. Just, I can't wait to see. With anticipation, I say, how are they going to wrap up all these storylines? In what, seven episodes? Some people are even saying six. I don't know. But in less episodes. The six? No more, no, probably not a lot less than the previous season. Right. Which, you know, the uh, the... Well, We're led to believe that they're going to be long episodes, like mini movies, and I'm totally excited for that. Just watching uh, you guys finish season seven last week or so, when the wall comes down, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that that's huge!" Uh, and yeah. Then, but the, like, like all the way down to like the smallest little detail, like, is Theon gonna rescue his sister? We, we just I, there's. So I don't many, know if we want to go into spoilers, dude. People have seen it by now. It's been two years. Well, maybe you just watched it. The show ended off where it ended two years ago. All right. I, I think it's okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to get angry, but if anyone <laughs> hasn't seen them, what the hell are they doing listening to some little niche podcast? Maybe they're catching up like Emily was just a little bit ago. Would she be listening to this podcast then? No. Yeah, thanks for your support. <laughs> she doesn't support us. Um, so what are you looking forward to? Like, is there something that you want to see? 
One thing, okay, actually, let yeah. me touch on one thing real quick. I think that they could tell the story in less episodes because there's so many less characters now. We're not following so many character streams. Yeah, we've gone through a filter to the, get to yeah, this point, yeah. Th- so there, there's a funnel now. Um, but that being said, we do only have a limited number of characters. By limited, I mean limited by Game of Thrones standards. Standards, yeah. Um, what is, is there something in particular that you want to see in this coming Yes, season. I want to see um, uh, Tor- uh, Tor- Tormund, Wolfbane, the, the ginger uh, wildling. You know, it was kind of like their ex post facto, their, their new leader. Uh, I want to see him and Lady Bree work out. We'll see if that I works. want to see if the Kingslayer becomes the Queenslayer. Could he kill his own sister? Because remember, who does he love and who does he kill for at the very beginning of the show? How uh, great yeah. of a story uh, well, arc and character arc would it be to see him kill his sister? Who and she needs to be stopped. Oh or no! Will, she, or will it be Arya? No, she's absolutely gonna die. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be him. But what if she doesn't too? What if you know? Hey, evil actually wins out in this one. That would be that would be so Game of Thrones. Yeah, that would because she's outlasted everything. That, wouldn't that just like that would be, be a so mind fuck to everybody who's seen this? Is that because of say because of what Cersei did? Yeah, Cersei. Like say they're like in a battle where the White Walkers are maybe soon to be defeated, or they're about to take out the main guy. And somehow Cersei fucks it up selfishly, yeah. and then that gives the main um, Night King. What do they call him? Yeah, Night King. Mm-hmm. Like they gives him an out, and he doesn't die, and he's able to literally take over the entire land. Yeah, like that would be crazy well, to th- see something. There's like going to have to be a lot of brothers fighting. I can't wait to see the inevitable showdown, which they've hinted at since season one, if you'll recall, uh, between the Hound and the Mountain. You know, yeah, and granted, things one. are different yeah. for both of them. Uh, the dragons are going to inevitably come into conflict. Like the yeah. two remaining dragons are going to have to fend off. I wonder the, if all three the, dragons will die, or if we'll oh, have I, I see one that. left, or what? I see that being a possibility. I do too. see John riding a dragon at some point. Oh, he has to because yeah. we know that. That's another thing. Who's going to reveal to him? Uh, by the way, you boned your aunt. Will he continue to say, "Yeah, fuck it"? it. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, I just I can't wait for the season. I, I I have like little sentimental minor characters. I really want to make sure they get out, but I don't think they're going to like Gray or Greyjoy, uh, Grey Worm. You know mm-hmm. the eunuch uh, yeah. leader of the Unsullied. Love that guy, and he just got to mimic having Bonin? sex. Yeah, what does that look like? I don't well, know. He, I mean he <laughs> he still he smashed it. He still was able to provide for we'll her, um, if you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, just little things like that. I just I'm so excited. Um, if you're like us. Go find a watch party with your friends. Like this is like a Super Bowl. I'm more excited to like have more people around the TV than I am around yeah. like. And we this... do have a party that's gonna because we like to party. Yeah, we yeah. Do. We're gonna have the uh, stereo on and the TV. And the TV. <laughs> but no, we we're gonna have a get together at a friend's house on that Sunday. Yeah, if we were like and it's cooler and more serious about this, we would live stream it. But as long as nobody talks. Oh God. As long as nobody talks like they did at the fucking Super Bowl. There needs to be a, a little bit of a, a gag order. Like hey table everything fucking write it down if you have to i don't care don't talk during it and we'll decompress afterwards right yeah game so, of thrones april okay. 14th ready yeah game of Good. thrones all right so what we have left in this podcast we are nearing down uh to the end of it nearing so we, down we are nearing the end of it can i just get rid of the i'm down, down with that okay well, yeah. just, thank you for taking the down out of my sentence <laughs> and using it better than i did yes we're nearing the end of the podcast but we do have a few pieces of news that we do so want to give you. So much excitement coming from this news. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't the best thing to say. This is all like great news. So uh, first, 
James Gunn is back on Guardians 3. And what a celebration there's just been amongst like the people who uh, appreciate him and his work, you know? Yeah, I have. Did you still see that video yet? No, I. There's I didn't a great see video it. if you guys haven't seen it yet. It's on. I first saw it on Reddit. I'm sure it's on YouTube. They surprise him. I don't know what office and and like people are dressed up in an office as Guardians of the Galaxy characters and other characters he's done in other movies. You don't. That's it's not cool. subtle. All right, it's not subtle. It's not obvious. But there's like some subtle like uh, I forget what movie. Uh, but like someone was from uh, Slither dressed as one of the characters from Slither that he did. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's that's it's there. Neat. Just watch it. It's so cool and okay. just like what great news for you know it's like. You wouldn't like, I don't know. I'm just happy that he gets to finish what he started essentially, and doesn't have to go work for DC and do their crappy. I think he still is though. Really? How's that going to work? I, I don't know, but I mean, regardless, cool. More money for I him. I would actually, I would actually really like it if he was going to do Guardians Three as well as Suicide Squad Two, because Suicide Squad is gonna be bad unless somebody good takes it over. Yeah. And if James Gunn takes it over, then I have some confidence but, in it. They had a good guy doing Suicide Squad. No, at least they on didn't. He, David Ayer? Yeah, he's done good stuff. It doesn't mean he is good. He's At also that. done really okay. bad stuff. And so just because he's done Training Day 20-something years ago <laughs> does not mean that like every movie he does is Training Day. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so that's some really good news for those who are fans of James Gunn and are fans of Guardians 3. It just feels like I don't want to be like, well, justice is served because I, I don't know, but it just feels like that's cool, man. Like you did the right thing. A guy shouldn't be ostracized for something he tweeted and someone screen capped years ago before he was even in this position. I understand if he made the comment last week, he'd be under more scrutiny. But it's like lighten up, people. And the guys, yeah. Uh, look at some of the stuff also, he's made. We're, we're in a time now where you can't make it. But it's either. retroactive punishment, and I don't get I know, that. I know, but it's also you have to. Or it was. You have to look at Disney's place, right? When people are angry at James Gunn for what he said, whether it was 10 years ago or not, if they're angry at a rape joke, which is really what it was that he did. And, and, and people are going to be like, I'm going to boycott the movie. And so not everybody was like that. In fact, most people weren't, but I'm just saying Disney was trying to be proactive and say, we got to get ahead of this. So we're going to take you off the movie. I feel like Disney listened twice. And I'm not saying like they were talking out of both sides of the mouth. They listened, they reacted and I think then they, they reacted listened. first and then listened. Well, sure, but th- I'm just saying, like, oh, hey, we hear you. Therefore, he's gone. And then now there's been so much like, what? And like, hey, we hear you. He's back with the understanding yeah. that, hey, that was you know a warning. I think this was the the kind of rare instance where people were like, all the people who knew him were the character witnesses in this, and they were saying, no, that is not who he is. And I think that those voices spoke loud enough to the point where popular opinion for not only him as a person, but also, of course, just the quality of what he can do in the Guardians franchise. Amen. I think that that the popular opinion arose and everybody was saying, no, we understand he screwed up 10 years ago, but we want him back. Yeah, and And it's his project. Like you said, Disney listened. Yeah, and it's his project. Someone else shouldn't just get to take the reins on a technicality, basically. You know who really, you know, in in this insider culture that we're in, because we know we're in the podcast game, you know who really, I think, has a big part and, like, you know, deserves some shout-out for helping him get reinstated? Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Oh, yeah, he I was mean, very vocal. Twitter is a great platform. By the way, at Random Fandom, WBB. Um, but Twitter is a great platform, and he was, how many of his, you know, followers, how many of her retweets when he was just like, I don't give a shit. This is how I feel. You yeah, know? and got to respect that. Yeah, and he was championing and just making a, a case for his friend. 
Yeah, and I could see it from Dave Batista's point though too because Dave Batista was not a household name unless you happen to be into wrestling, which well, see, a small piece of the country is. I consider myself amongst that sure, lot. Sure, but I was not, right? Yeah. So the Dave Batista name wouldn't mean anything to me if it weren't for these Guardians movies. And I think Dave Batista knows that. Yeah. So he's, he used his 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 influence in yeah. a, for something he believed in, and right. that's commendable. Yeah. So hooray for that. Hooray for this. Is there a Borderlands 3 in the works? What do we know about it? So apparently, apparently. Gearbox... Uh, first gave us a little bit of a tease uh, about Borderlands 3 where they showed this really pixelated picture. They just tweeted it out, right? Okay. Um, which looked like the art, a pixelated version of the art from Borderlands. And it said something about PAX East, right? So people were like, what is that? Is, is that, that like is PAX, that Borderlands? PAX West? But, but on the East Coast, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm following. And then during PAX, they released an image that's it's basically a... Uh, uh, a street sign. Yeah. And it says, exit three. Three meaning like the third in the franchise. Thank you. March 28th, Boston, Massachusetts. And it's in that same art style as the Borderlands. So all we really know is a Borderlands has got to be coming. Uh, and it, probably on the 28th of this month, we are going to see probably just a teaser trailer or maybe even a full trailer. Could be just an announcement trailer as they say. Nowadays. Yeah, or an announcement trailer that we are going to get a Borderlands three, and it's gonna take place some in Boston, Massachusetts, which is pretty. Well, I mean, if we're cool. if this is an indication, yes, or maybe they're revealing it in Boston because at a Red maybe. Sox game, yeah. even though they're not in season yeah, right everybody now. Everybody knows that that's the important piece. Who knows? But yeah, that would be cool to see how like if they come to Earth with the Borderlands. Yeah, stories. like there, maybe there's a vault that they're going to be diving yeah. into in 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 on Earth, which yeah. is really cool. It's not Pandora. I, I love Borderlands. It holds a special, especially too, but Borderlands as a franchise holds a special place in my heart. Me too. Um, we've, dude, we've been hearing like, ooh, is this when they're going to drop the announcement for Borderlands 3 for like the last year between, you know, like the E3s and the other yeah. ones that I can't remember for the name of? a couple years, really. It's been yeah, a long Yeah, there's a lot time, of like, and you time. could just be, you know, fan fervor and speculation. All it takes is one rumor, you know, and then all of a sudden we're lit up like a candle, but this seems like the most definitive thing that would lead us to believe straight from gearbox that it's coming. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of telltale. Yeah. <laughs> they did a borderlands <laughs> treatment, which was actually really cool. It was. Remember it was. It was our last time shout the synopsis yeah, and I almost got it, but I didn't. What else do we know? Okay. So anyway, we just wanted to touch on that because that's it's a worth franchise touching. that touches our hearts. Yeah. We spent a lot of time co-oping on that. Yeah, we did. Um, so the last thing I want to mention a similar game where you and I couch oh, co-opt all the hours. time together yeah. was Left for Dead. Now, we are not getting a new Love Left for Dead, games. but news came out that, that the company who, or well, the team that originally made Left for Dead, not Valve, but the actual team that developed it, yeah. is coming out with a game called Back for Blood, and it's supposed to be a spiritual successor to Left for Dead. And it's that same four-person co-op love it zombie game i mean how long have people been wanting a, a, a new left for dead and being that they don't own it this company cannot technically make left four dead three so they are is that math all right so that's seven deads um but <laughs> so they come out with back four blood with the same with numerical. the same four in the middle so that is there any artwork behind it or like an I, image? no i don't think so okay but yeah it's, but it's just, hard it, to ignore that sign yes yeah and i think the i could be wrong but the last thing from this team was the evolve game i think yeah and, and that didn't really go anywhere no well some people really liked it we didn't no but 
if this is all they've been working on since, then that means this is going to be quality. Essentially, Left 4 Dead 3, as best as they can with, you know, restrictions. Dude, sign me up. I mean, this is just theoretical stuff at this point, but just the the fact that there's something moving and maybe, like, the slightest hint that something's coming, it's, like, awesome. Well, considering that I had no idea that this was happening up until a couple days ago. Right. I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, hell yeah. I, but those I are two, honestly didn't think I would get this. Yeah, those are two major franchises in games, especially the second of which I played Borderlands 2 the most. I played Left 4 Dead 2 the most. Yeah. And to see that there might be a continuation in some form or fashion, whether direct or indirect, such a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super and excited And this would be the first time that these uh, titles are getting the next-gen treatment. Yeah. Can't wait to see true. how they look. Well, actually, I, I wonder because there's all this these rumors that... Th- we're going to get some announcements of the new consoles coming up. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if Borderlands and Back for Blood are going to be on the next generation of consoles. I it could be. Or sometimes if it's near the beginning, they'll put it on both. We'll see. Who knows? So many possibilities. Such good stuff. Uh, we're winding down. Two hallmarks that get us on out of here that we present to you. Our shadow of the synopsis. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. And then we've got our awesome quote in geek history. Do you mind if I give you this time around shadow of the synopsis? Yeah. All right, cool. So if you I'm know ready. this, you're playing along at home. You're identifying, is this a comic? Is this a TV show? Is this a movie? Is this made up? Like it's been on occasion, but then I usually tell you, so you're not like just stand there like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, more than before. Right. I'm always standing there like an idiot. Are you ready? Yeah. Shadow of the synopsis. The year is 1978. 12-year-old David Freeman, playing in the woods one day near his home, he's knocked unconscious. Oh, no. I added the oh, no part. (laughs) He awakens and heads home, only to find strangers living there. He also finds that the year is now 1986, and he's been officially missing for eight years. NASA officials determined that David was abducted by aliens during his blackout and hoped to scan the boy's brain in in order to unlock a few secrets of the universe. Answering the call of a strange, unseen force, David boards a well-hidden spaceship and takes off, guided by a very unique-sounding voice named Max. Realizing that he can't fit into the 1986 so long as he's a child of the 70s, David hopes to retrace the steps of his time away and get back to his own time. Can you name this based on that synopsis? Take a minute at home for... You, for our listeners, let me know what you think. I'll just say this is something I loved as a kid. Okay. That's all. I, I, nothing's coming to mind. Like, nothing. Okay. So, I'm going to give up. I think it's been enough time for the listeners to have. I can hear him scratching the heads or shouting the answer. Uh-huh. I will tell you that you might ha- not have seen this movie. Flight of the Navigator. Remember that? Yeah, I know the name. I've actually never seen it's it. It's been a Oh, I was going to say maybe it's been a while. No, I've actually never seen that. If you were to watch it now, you'd be like, yeah, so. But knowing that. Back then, it yeah. was. And this really was, good. I think, like, I think this movie was out in, like, I want to say it's, like, right in that wheelhouse of, like, awesome, like, Spielbergian type, you know, summers and stuff like that. Yeah. It was it was literally 1986. So, yeah. like, right around the time of Goonies and stuff like that. Good movie. Yeah. I mean, um, I've heard a lot about it. I, like, I've just yeah. never seen it. You know who actually voices Max? No. I'll t- well, I don't how, know anything about it. <laughs> Paul Rubens. <laughs> who was like super hot at the time because Pee Wee's Playhouse right. was like... Oh, he's so hot right now. Yeah. Look at that Paul Rubens. All right. Well, I, now it's my turn because I'm going to give you the awesome quote in Geek History Just me? right before we leave it down. No. There you are with that down again. I know. Well, what, you, down? You, you no talk. one says leave it down. 
And it distracted hey, me. Y'all ready to leave it down or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's awesome. That should stay in. Okay. Well, awesome quote in geek history, right? Here's here's the awesome quote in geek history from one of my personal favorites from when, growing up, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Hello there. Are you two heading for Las Vegas? Yeah. We're going to score. <laughs> oh, well, I hope to score big there myself. I'm mostly going to be doing the slots. Yeah, I'm hoping to do some sluts, too. Yeah, do they have a lot of sluts in Las Vegas? Oh, there's so many sluts who won't know where to begin. Whoa. Hey, buddy, this chick is pretty cool. She says there's going to be tons of sluts in Las Vegas. Cool. It's so nice to meet young men who are so well-mannered. They did America pretty well. That was such a great yes. example of taking a, an obscure show at best and translating it popular. like... Oh, 100%. Nothing like it at the time um, for how many ever reasons. And that movie just ruled. And it had some great cameos. Robert yeah. Stack, the Unsolved Mystery guy was yeah. in it. Bruce Willis, Demi yep. Moore. It, it, it was Love a solidly movie. good movie, which nobody expected. Yeah, and it was consistently funny like yeah, throughout. It was. Okay, we're, we're shutting it down. Down. Yes. Let's see. That works. Oh, now. see you. Okay. You used it correctly. Yeah. I'm just trying to lead uh-huh, by example, uh-huh. being that you know I'm kind of like my back hurts from carrying the weight of the show so much. Yeah. Here's how you get a hold of us because we love interacting with you. Um. Right. Right. Whoa. Down. Down did for I, that. Did I not? You. you you're getting. <sighs> you're missing the target here. All right. We're on Twitter, aren't you? Cool. Let's join up at random fandom wbb. You can also shoot us an email at randomfandomcast at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you again soon. We're going to talk about Umbrella Co- account Chronicle <laughs> Academies. Yeah, down. Down. Down <laughs> for it. Uh, we're going to talk about other stuff. Uh, until then, <laughs> stay tuned. And thanks for being a fan of our fandom. Stay geeky.